Guys, I want to take a second to tell you about All Everything Entertainment. They are your home for the latest breaking news and opinions about sports, wrestling, and entertainment. From jock to geek and everyone in between, they will definitely have something for you. As I'm recording this, they have 10 live weekly podcasts that can be watched daily on Facebook, YouTube, or alleverythingentertainment.com. The replays are available on their Facebook youtube soundcloud or itunes channels their shows run the gamut as they talk about the nfl nba nhl football movies bi-weekly top 10 countdowns paranormal activity wrestling wwe aew njpw ufc bellator and so much more these guys they're just like you they're passionate individuals who love a variety of subjects And that's why they started this company in May of 2019, to kind of be a one-stop shop for entertainment. On September 11th, 2020, they made arguably their biggest signing by agreeing to terms with yours truly, the Working Fans Podcast. I was out of work sick, and I was happy to join them as a part of their team you can find them on soundcloud facebook twitter instagram and youtube by searching all everything entertainment or go to all everything for their full schedule and a full list of their shows if you like us you will 100 like them thank you we want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show 482 designs that is F-O-U-R, the numbers 82designs, 482designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82designs, at F-O-U-R, 82designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R, 82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality t-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, like, the vibes of washer and dryer, they look good, and they're good quality. Nice, and those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. As Tracy Smothers says, you, you gotta have a, a job to support your wrestling habit, you know? <laughs> Just cause I love my podcast. Working fans. I shed blood for my podcast. Right or die. Let a podcast holler where my podcast. The pussy at. All I want to hear is right here, my podcast. Somebody say something about a podcast. You won't take this from me, baby. You will not take this from me, baby. Fans, welcome to the Working Fans Podcast presents, aka Slippery Joe's Funhouse, where we bring you a bonus podcast each week presenting your favorite podcast's favorite stuff. Now, we have some Tape Trader's Guide to the 90s coming up. We have some Cult in Connecticut. We'll be bringing you some Peter X. Morosky and a variety of other things through year two. This is our one-year anniversary. We are bringing you a bonus show. We hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much. Hello. All right, everyone. This is J.D. Sloan with my with my uh, co-host here, Johnny Bandana, on the very first episode of the Tape Trader's Guide to 90s Pro Wrestling. So, Johnny, uh, my whole idea behind doing this was I, I grew up uh, uh, becoming a wrestling fan in the 90s. Um, honestly, tape trading is what made me a wrestling fan. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of Hogan and, and Warrior and you know the the 80s type of stuff, WWF. And I and I, I didn't really watch a lot of NWA or anything like that when I was a kid. Um, I always knew about pro wrestling, but I wasn't, I wasn't what I'd call a fan. And then lo and behold, the 90s come along. And the internet came along. And by just chance, just random chance, I typed in some kind of wrestling terminology. And up came a tape trader's tape list of all the different 
things that he had to offer. And so I clicked on it and I was checking it out and I saw some just wild things, just stuff that people's names that I knew wrestling people who I didn't know for companies I'd never heard of. And it just intrigued me. It just, it just caught my eye. And I'll never forget, I saved up $40 and I bought four uh, recorded VHS tapes from a guy in, I, I think it was in Philly, um, four random things. And, and that was my, the beginning of my journey. Um, I got some, I, I believe it was, at the time it was Memphis. Um, I got some, but it, I don't believe it was USWA. I may have gotten something out of either, you know, CWA. Um, I don't know what the promotion was. I don't even really remember the tapes. They weren't necessarily great tapes and they weren't real memorable. Um, but it, it just sparked such a giant interest to learn about all these different places and different people that that kind of started my journey. And the reason why I wanted you to come and do this with me today, Johnny, uh, is because you're younger than me. So your journey started completely different. You know, um, I would suspect, and I don't know this for sure, but I would, I would expect that you probably became a wrestling fan during the Attitude Era. Yeah, yeah, Attitude Era. But mine was more like, you know, WCW, you know, more or less like the, uh, Sting was my guy. Uh-huh. So, you know, I, I would always watch uh, TNT and TBS watch all the you know wcw i could got into wwe i guess a little later on you know it was in the attitude era but i mean a little a little later on mm-hmm. attitude era you know so uh, did you watch like when when they first started bringing in the cruiserweights and like conan yeah. or was it before that was it kind of like when hogan first came over and savage about and- the end of 95 early 96 <coughs> i guess right when they were doing that i guess i don't know if it was new japan who it was mm-hmm. but uh, guys like malenko and eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a big, a, a big rush of talent in, in the in the mid nineties. You know, late ninety four, ninety five. It seemed like you know both WWF and, and WCW were just real heavy with talent. There was a lot of talent out there, um, a lot like it is right now. You know, the independents have a lot of talent, and in my opinion, you know the the early nineties because you kind of saw that. As the 80s went on, as the the late 80s kind of started to happen, you know, 87, 88, you know, business was at an all-time high. But by 89, 90, 91, everything from a national level really started to deteriorate, and it started to go down. And then you had the scandals with the the steroid scandal, which, you know, Vince put a lot of money into the trials and and everything like that. And and so wrestling itself, I mean, it was still popular. People were still watching it. Um, but it had changed. It wasn't quite so rabid. Um, and I think that the, the independent scene really helped professional wrestling in ways that nobody really understands. You know, the 90s, the, the Attitude Era was great. And I love the Attitude Era. Um, I don't think it ages particularly great. But I, but I, I was always a big fan of WWF and WCW during the, that, that period. Um, obviously, because that's when I was watching wrestling the most. Uh, but it was because of the indies, and I believe that all that talent like Jericho, Lance Storm, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, Conan, uh, Val Venus, um, all these people that were passing through ECW before they were going to WWF or WCW, they were all started out in promotions like Smoky Mountain and USWA, and you know Val Venus was a popular and really gained traction for Burt Prentice. Um, I just saw. I just uploaded on my YouTube page the other day uh, a promo from Val Venus for Burt Prentice and his Ozark Mountain Wrestling in '95. Uh, but he was popular in, in Mexico, and that's you know under a mask, and that's where he really you know gained the eye of the, the WWE in the in the first place. So I think the Indies like were just pushing out so many talented people and doing such crazy different types of wrestling. That that's what created the Attitude Era in reality. That's what caused the boom. It was from the talent. Um, so I think the 90s are really interesting because they started out really cold. They ended you know, the highest that they could possibly be. And, and we as fans, as, as, as you know, in the age bracket that I am, you know, <clears throat> I don't experience that at all anymore. I don't feel any kind of real passion, not even from the fans. It seems like pro wrestling fans nowadays, they watch wrestling because that's just what they do. They just watch it. comes on Monday, so they watch it on Monday. comes on 
Tuesday, so they watch it on Tuesday. If you right. know, if they know about TNA, then they watch TNA yeah. when it comes on. Right. Um, but there's no nothing. No one wakes up on Monday morning thinking, "Oh my God, I've got to watch Monday Night Raw" because I have <laughs> no idea what's going to happen. For the most yeah. part, we know what's going to happen, and it's going to be a rehash of what's been happening, and it's not going to be that interesting. You know, and we know that. Even with the the best talent in the world, which they have right now, they've got just you know incredible, incredible talent. The the storytelling and the complexity of the storylines is just boring. It's just not Absolutely. there. It's that PG, you know, it's, it's, it's killing. It's not. It's it's you know we're we're not going to see glass break. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, be not going to be a lot of you know cement getting poured. In, Somebody's fancy car. And yeah, yeah. It's chaos going on. We're not going to see, but you know, it's just we. I don't believe, for instance, I don't believe Kevin Owens really dislikes uh, Daniel oh, Bryan, no. <laughs> or I don't think you know. It just it's just not believable no, anymore. No. Even when during a time when we already knew it wasn't real, we still believed, and I think that people want to believe. I think they want to. You know, for that short period of time, just forget that they know that it's a work. And then when it's over, they can go back to talking about it like it's a work. But while they're watching it, they want to be sucked in to whatever's happening. And so we're going to talk everything 90s wrestling. We're going to reminisce stuff. Um, I want to be really interactive with the people that are following us on Facebook. Um, follow, you know, you can search uh, WrestleTopia for all your, your, your social media needs. Um, but... The Tape Trader's Guide to 90s Pro Wrestling. We have a web uh, Facebook page. Uh, make sure you go there and hit the like button. And we want to interact. And I, I, you know, One of the things I want to do, um, which is an idea that I got from the Booking the Territories podcast, is every, every time we have an episode, let's watch a classic 90s um, yeah. event. Love you know, it. beforehand. Yeah. Let, let's wa- yeah. You know, let's watch the Royal Rumble. Let's watch... Um, Smoky Mountain Wrestling Night of Legends. Let's watch something from USWA or Global Wrestling Federation or you know WCW. Let's watch just every single time. Watch something new, something that kind of embodies the nineties. You know whether it's nineteen ninety, nineteen ninety five, or nineteen ninety nine. Something that really embodies that time period. And let's watch it and see see how well it holds up to today. You know like. How how great was Arn Anderson's Spinebuster really? Oh, wow. You know, if we if we thirty years ago, is it really that great today as it was then? Absolutely. And then, like, how great was you yes. know, Sid Justice in the WWE? His um, yeah, how, how great was he? You know, what about uh, the Snowman in USWA? Or you know, let's. Uh, I'd like to find some really uh, off the wall stuff. Like, uh, there's a guy in California named Doctor Mike Lano who used to have this cable access show, and he was a dentist in, in his shoot. In his shoot, shoot life, he was a dentist. And uh, the show is called uh, Lano's Canvas Cavities. Yes. And, <laughs> and he would narrate, you know, different matches from different promotions. Uh, there was a, another thing out of California called Incredibly Strange Wrestling. Have you ever heard of this, Johnny? I have never heard of it. Okay, uh, it, it, uh, they also went under the name uh, California Creative Wrestling. And it was a guy named J.R. Benson. And I, I always see him with things with Jim Cornette. Like, they're, 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 they're tight. They're, they're people or something. Uh, but they would put on the craziest of crazy shit you've ever seen. Absolutely insane. So they would have matches like HIV on a pole match. Ooh. Where supposed or no, I'm sorry, oh. HIV uh, infected needles Jeez. on a so they'd have this board, right? It was a hardcore promotion. They'd have a board full of needles, and, and supposedly one of the needles in this board had the HIV virus, ah, you know. Classic. And so, right. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a great match already. <laughs> they would have uh, a character called the abortionist. I uh, shit you not. And he'd come out. Listen to this. He'd come out with a uh, <laughs> with a clothes hanger. This is disgusting, by the way. FYI, he'd come, he'd come out with a clothes hanger that would, at the end of it, it would look like it was bloody, 
and he would move it around and, and would look at the camera and say his his tagline was grind the the hanger grind uh, the hanger <laughs> and it'd be no. in, it'd be in like you know <laughs> in uh in clothes like hospital clothes and stuff and he'd wear a mask um disgusting stuff uh, very I, I there's things that i didn't even say that <laughs> just so if on youtube you can look up incredibly strange wrestling and you're gonna see some things that you can never unsee trust me because i've never unseen it you know <laughs> um but when i was a kid the very first time i ever got an an isw tape right at the end of this tape after i watched all this craziness and stuff at the end of this tape was the video uh that chris jericho shot of uh Jim Cornette, when he freaked out at the Wendy's, yeah, yeah, yeah. when when he he got all pissed off and he got out of the car and he's banging on the Wendy's door and calling the the chick a fat cunt and like that was at the end of one of these tapes, you know, and and that's what was so awesome about being a tape trader, dude, is you know, for me, like I started tape trading in 1992, and so it was very few people when I did it, you know, I was one of a few, you know, and yeah, and we would get I'd get tapes. Of just some of the most, I just things I'd never, just great promotions, things that I remember today, great wrestling, great characters, uh, different people that never went on to be anyone. You know, yeah. it's kind of like you know in our life, Johnny. You know, here in Nashville, being in the wrestling business, we know a lot of people, and we know a lot of people that are incredibly talented, and and people who are. In my opinion, someone that I look up to and I, and, and I think, you know, these are true journeymen and they're people that really understand and know this craft. But but maybe they aren't known to a wider audience, right? You know, maybe Derek King's not known to millions of people. Yeah. But but I, I think Derek, for the, you know, the last, you know, 15, 20 years, Derek King is one of the, the best performers. Absolutely, hands down. Hands down, from his entrance to what he does in the ring. He, he's someone who understands how to work a crowd. And he's not doing a lot of work. No, <laughs> you know, he's, he's, not, he's, <laughs> he's not doing a lot of stuff, you know, but he knows how yes. to he, – he's a true professional yes. wrestler. But maybe people don't know who he is the way they should. And when you were a tape trader, you knew all those people. Yeah. From everywhere. And so you felt – kind of like an elitist you know a pro wrestling elitist you knew more about pro wrestling than anyone else because you went out and found it you know and you uncovered it and you dig and you dug for it and today it's different with with the, with youtube and you know everything's kind of at the the touch of a fingertip where before you had to create relationships with other traders and you had to get to know different people. And there was always those traders that were like well known and like had a trader name and, you know, and they're assholes and they all their all their shit was perfect video quality. And, you know, everything was first generation. And, you know, they never they only sold because you couldn't trade with them because they already had everything, you know. And so there was always those people. And but but you were part of this community where it's like everybody that was in the community um, we're all the same, you know. We we were all out there searching f- to have everything. Uh, the the goal was to have absolutely everything from Japanese wrestling to you know Mexican wrestling yeah. to Korean wrestling. World just dominance of wrestling just, footage. You know, you just want yeah, you wanted yeah. all the footage. Yeah. You know, and and it, you had great pride in like <clears throat> counting your tapes. <laughs> you know, yeah, stacking yeah. your tapes you on the wall. Something to you. you worked your ass off. Yeah, 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 exactly. Don't have it. So it was, it yeah. was, and and some of my favorite people, I think, in wrestling have always been have not been the Hulk Hogan's or the the Ultimate Warriors. Um, not necessarily just the workhorse, but just people who I identified with more. You know, and I think I found that on indies more so than than the mainstream, which made being sure. a tape trader pretty damn cool, you know? Yeah. Um, let's, let's, let's go over uh, – let's talk about you a little bit. Let's talk about when did you – let's talk about how you first kind of started because when I met you, you, ha- you were already training at TNA. Uh, when you came to train with us – but you were already training at TNA oh, at that dude, I time. I was so lost, man. I, I, I had gone, uh, I, I was real mixed up in school, you know, wasn't doing good in school at all. So I was like, well, 
not doing any good here. And here's a wrestling show down at the fairgrounds on Wednesday night. I'm just going to go down there on Wednesdays, and so I did. Uh, ended up meeting Ron or Don Harris. I believe I think it was Ron. I believe <laughs> Don't it was know Ron. <laughs> and uh, somehow I had got my way in the building. You know, there's no security. Just walk right in the mm-hmm. building, and uh, you know everybody's kind of you know mingling amongst each other, and you know going over here and you know talking about this and talking about that, and I'm just trying to you know blend in with the referees and see if I can't just you know uh-huh. see what's going on. And next thing you know, Ron throws me a shirt and puts me to work. I'm sweeping the stage, kind of. Um, Started, you know, working with the production end of, of, of things uh, until I met Chase Stevens. And then I, I'm pretty sure, man, the rest of my life was fucked. Can I say that? That's fucked, man. I mean, yeah, I met Chase, and uh, I wanted to, I wanted to get trained. And uh-huh. uh, I, wanted, I wanted to be a wrestler. You know, I'd always, you know, when I grew up, you know, since I was 95, 96, watching it, getting real, you know, wanting to just be like Sting when uh-huh. I was fucking in the ring. Uh, I believe it was Burt Prentice. I think uh-huh. I lied to you, man. I believe it was Burt Prentice, first, first person I met, and he grabbed me by my collar, and he jerked me across <laughs> the sports arena. Uh, and I was just wanting to get in the ring and train. He's like, $35, you little fuck, and I'm going to let you get in the ring. <laughs> Took all my money for like three or four weeks. Uh-huh. It was Chris Vaughn. Oh, uh, wow. Chris Vaughn was the guy, uh, Livewire. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, worked, worked with me right before Chase, but then Chase got a hold of me, and you know, I started training with him twice a week. And we used pretty much whatever ring we could find. I mean, uh-huh. we would go to Indiana, and uh, I think we like trained on in somebody's backyard. Uh-huh. Uh You know, for a couple of days. You know, we didn't have a ring. We were just out taking bumps out in the yard, <laughs> uh, shoot clotheslines from Chase uh-huh. out in the yard, things like that. <laughs> Learn how to tuck my chin real well there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I mean, been 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 out of a ring now for five years. Almost six years, and well, uh, you know that we'll we'll get that to change. But I mean, you just you were in a hardcore battle royal last hardcore year, last battle year. Royal. hardcore battle last royal. That was very interesting. <laughs> our, our our stay, to say the least. Uh, it, it was in a. Uh, let, let's <laughs> if you want, go to my YouTube page. Uh, just check out WrestleTopia TV, and you can check out and watch the the hardcore battle royal from uh, okay. Memphis uh, Mid South. What is it? Mid South Elite Pro like Wrestling, it's tattoos prom- promotion. Tat. Mew, it, it's Mew in Tat. Memphis, um, and we had it in this. Uh, it's a bar. This right? this nightclub. Nightclub. Yeah, <laughs> nightclub. It was a nightclub. Um, it was a pretty legit nightclub. Nice. I will I say that. Light. Some good lighting there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was it was an experience. Yeah. It, Memphis. It, yeah, in, in Memphis, and, and the whole trip was was an experience. You know. Um, one that we can never get back. <laughs> but, but so, so when you were, how old were you when you first started watching six, wrestling? Uh, well, I first started watching wrestling, I guess I was probably eight or nine. Eight or nine. You know. So you're watching wrestling since the 90s, and, and you know, you start, obviously, start really getting into it as WCW starts getting hot. They have Nitro. Yeah, and They had just got Hogan. I guess they didn't know Hogan. You know, Savage was uh-huh. over there. And always like, Savage is real colorful. But I didn't get to see him, you know, and when he was in you know, WWE uh-huh. before. Until later on. Oh, so so he was almost new. He was yeah, almost, he was. Yeah. I mean, like, was when new. you're seeing these guys come from WWE, they're new to you. They're new to me. I don't know them from... Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, it was, so, <laughs> so you know... Uh, as WCW started to grow, I mean, I, I know Sting is your your, your guy, right? Sting guy. Sting is the guy. Um, what did you think during that time period when you know he started growing his hair out? He he wasn't doing the crow thing. No, he no, was no, just no. his hair was he had stopped dyeing it, and so it was starting to turn brown. Mm-hmm. You remember he had I brown he had brown hair, and uh, Nitro had just f- kind of first started. And his hair's growing out, and I I really don't know what the direction they're going with him because they've got Hogan in there, and Hogan's obviously yeah. the number one babyface. Um, but you see this change in, in him, you know? Did you think that he was? Did it did it feel like he was going to turn bad? Like he was going to be a bad guy and 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 change from being the the ultra babyface that he had been for so long? Yeah, I guess I seem like I got that feeling in a way. It was a weird time. But period. you didn't know which way they were going. Like yeah, talking about I me, mean, you know. It went into the way with that, and then he took like an absence. I yeah. believe, like you know, how yeah. long it was—a year or two. Yeah, I remember my took time was gone, off. but yeah, he took some time off, and then he come back. I guess he'd done like the Crow character. Was just uh, 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 was it uh, the arena downtown Nashville? Was it? Uh, oh, uh, the old one. 
municipal. Municipal. Yeah. 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 Did you like the crow thing? I mean, I being did, a man. Sting fan, I think it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, it was. I mean, they, <laughs> when they actually had the crow train, you know, uh-huh. go down there, it was like, man, like, it was so uh, something mystic about him, you know, something that you just you want to understand, you know? <laughs> no, it was different because he, he was, wouldn't talk. He wouldn't talk. You he know, there say was a word. no promo. And then when he did finally say a word. Man, it meant so much. Right. Like, you're waiting for, like, what? I can't remember what he said, but my God, when he finally spoke it yeah, took, after that time. It, it, was, a, it was an angle two that three took years. so long. Yeah. You know, it took so long. It, right. and, and And he didn't talk, and you're so used to watching wrestling where everyone, you know, everyone's talking. Everyone, talk for the everyone. most part, everyone's shouting or screaming or, yeah. you know, brother this, brother that, you know. It, and for him to be intertwined in this story where he was, you know, a major focus and not talking at all. It was so he just, intriguing. He just point that bat, you know, and yeah. that's all he needed to do. And just was like, man. What did you, what did you think of fake Sting? Do you remember seeing the episode where Sting supposedly turned heel, and it wasn't actually Sting, but he got out of the limo and he, I think he kicked Luger because Luger came out to ask him what he was doing, yeah. and it, it was already Jeff Farmer. It, it was Jeff, the, the fake Sting, who <clears throat> was in the makeup and everything. Right. Um, but did you think that he turned? He sided with the NWO. Did you think he turned heel that night? I mean, what did you think of that? And uh, have you have you ever? Even to today, have you ever seen the Halloween Havoc 1989 where they had a fake Sting? It was Barry Windham, and it was Sting versus uh, Psycho Sid. And at one point, Barry Windham comes running out. This was while, while Sid was still in the Four Horsemen. Looked like Sting, took a pinfall, then uh-huh. ran out. And at one point, they crossed each other. And, like, no. looked at each other. So that it was, like, both Stings looking at each other. But it was yeah. actually Barry Windham, who's taller than Sting and has a completely yeah, different course, body. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> have you ever seen I mean, that I've match? Seen it, but I can't, like, you know, I'm not, my mind's not... Right, like, right. Near like yours. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. I wonder if I can bring it up right now and, and that's, see that's if awesome, you can man. see yeah, if you can see it. Um, but, so, what, what, you know, let's talk about, just in your opinion, what were some of the highlights of 90s wrestling for you? Uh, you know, uh, your memory, not even 90s, you know, because no, I mean, it was the 90s. 90s was, was, was my era. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, you know, I, I got into, I did get into WWF, uh-huh. you know, and, and, and the Attitude Era was uh-huh. kicking off for me. And uh, I liked I liked Owen Hart. Uh, was there, did you stop watching before. WCW? Uh no, I'd get two TVs and I was, I was hooking yeah. up with my buddy and we watch we watch Nitro and we watch we watch uh, you know Raw and yeah try, and then watch Monday Night Football as well we were doing all kinds of things like, oh wow really multitasking to, yeah but we know we had yeah you know Nitro going I think I, I remember it was a uh, Nitro started an hour before at one at one time I remember I guess they got a three hour slot I think maybe uh-huh. I was doing one hour and it finally got two hours whatever yeah. it was yeah so we you know we yeah because they we all started one TV recording. one hour yeah, yeah wrestling or, used to be a one hour show or, or, or WCW at one point in time I don't know if it was uh, Nitro or it was uh, Thunder but they they would run the encore yeah so you'd you know yeah you'd be able to it come right on right afterwards Absolutely. yeah which I love yes I do remember that because that's how I'd watch WCW I would watch Raw. And then I watched the encore of WCW, yeah. you know, and I would always tape everything. I used to, when I was a kid, I used to, you know, because I was a tape trader, but I wouldn't tape whole episodes of Raw and and, and uh, Nitro. And I don't know if I didn't do that because, I don't know why I didn't do it, but it just never, I just didn't do it. Um, but I would take the best matches, you know, and so I'd have like these these completions of, you know, the best matches of Raw and, and, and Nitro, right. you know, and so it'd just be match after match after match after match. Um, but yeah, I used to do the same thing or like my, my mom and my brothers would want to watch, you know, TV and be like, no, 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 you can't watch TV <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a because problem. I've got to, yeah, but they'd be like, well, you have a TV in your room. Like, no, no, I got to use both TVs. I'm working at TV too. <laughs> <laughs> I got to use both things. Okay. You guys just got to chill out. Yeah, you did get tough at times. So, yeah. So what were some of the highlights, you know, who were, who were some of the people that really influenced you, you know, to... To where you're at now, where you know you're you're within the wrestling business itself. I, um, Kurt Henning, mm-hmm. like I like I like a lot of you know work from Kurt Henning, which I've seen in WCW before. I've seen the Mr. Perfect, right? Uh-huh. Didn't know Mr. Perfect knew Kurt Henning, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So then go back and seeing all the stuff he did as Mr. Perfect was it just made even better. Uh, you know, guys like that, Bret Hart. Uh-huh. I was like, love watching Bret Hart. Why not? Uh, I guess I have to say Benoit, man. I kind of you know been holding holding that one. I know it's. Oh the yeah, most, most yeah. popular name. Yeah. I guess it's probably my favorite wrestler. I mean, uh-huh. Sting growing up because he was just so technically sound. 
And I wanted to be like that. I wanted to be, you know, crisp and, and just hard hitting. And right. It looked like when, crisp. You, when, yeah. when, when you watched his match, you knew that, man, this was like a real fight right here. Yeah. Like, this is really happening. Yeah. William, I think William crisp Regal is the best guy, way. You know, William yeah. Regal and Fit Finley, both of them guys, uh, a lot of, a lot of, you know, watch a lot of their stuff. Uh, WCW. All right. Let's see if I can find it here. Oh man, this, this we're is we're gonna we're right looking here. for the the fake stings from mm-hmm. Havoc '89. If I can find it, except I think this is the wrong. That's not Colonel Parker, isn't it? Colonel Parker. I think that's the wrong uh, Havoc right there. But uh, yeah, don't don't hate us because we don't know what the hell we're doing right now. This is the first yeah, episode. Hopefully, uh, every episode we do, uh, I, I will make it my mission every episode we do to get better at what we're doing. So it's not quite so. Uh, All the heat goes on Johnny Bandana as well. I'm on the, <laughs> this first installment of the program. <laughs> well, I don't know where that is. That is not. Let's see if, if I just type in. But uh, what about ECW? So what was your introduction into ECW? Did you ever get to see it? Did it ever come on TV Man, here in Nashville? Was, honestly, honestly, it was when it came in on uh, was TNN when it first started uh-huh. airing on that, which was late. Was it 99 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Like 2000, like the millennium. What was it that, um, you know, how did you hear about it? I knew about it. it. I mean, I knew about it years before. I just didn't, I, I wasn't really like you. I didn't have, right. I, I didn't seek access right to sure i mean not everyone was like me but i knew about that, right, <laughs> you know? right, right. But, you, uh, know uh, be, that, that, you know being a tape trader was uh was a thing that it was kind of like you know the underground music scene mm-hmm. it, that, that's a good way to describe it you know i was underground wrestling scene you, you know I, I knew about all the different things that were going sure. on in the <laughs> underground of, of wrestling you know um it and, and it might have been because yeah. of my age because you know, I had that internet access so early right. um, that I kind of understood how to use it. You, you know, as I kind of grew up with it, if that makes sense. You know, I was very young and kind of grew with it. You know, I remember when when it was you would get a, a disc for a free, I believe it was 20 hours. You were allowed 20 hours of free internet access from AOL. And, you know, it was dial-up and everything like that. You, had a, you, you couldn't use the phone. There was no, like, call waiting or anything. Like, you, you weren't able to use the phone at all. Yeah. And when someone would call you, it would knock you off. It knock you off, right? Oh, and that would piss oh, you man. off. Oh, you'd be so <laughs> pissed. You know, like, what what the fuck's going on here? Um, and then it went from the free 20 hours <laughs> to, I believe, it was a free, like, it went up 10 hours, like, to 30 hours, right? Oh, man. And then competition got tough, though, right? Because then CompuServe and Prodigy came out. And they all came out with free one-month discs. So what you do is you get all three discs. Each of them got you a month. And you'd do one. Then when that month would run out, you'd do the next one. Then when that month would run out, you'd do the next one. And then you start back at the beginning. Because that was the only way you can get free internet back then. Because internet <laughs> cost by the minute. They charged you by the minute for internet. Yeah, of course you're gonna so, find a way around it. So. Oh yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah, like you, you got to do what you got to do. You know, we're all out here to. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, not, we're not trying to pay for internet, but you know, actually, the way that I first got newsletters. You remember newsletters? I remember newsletters vaguely. Uh, they used to have like email newsletters back in the day. Computer and. Uh, so the way that I, I'd never heard of a newsletter or anything, and I we had gotten rid of the internet, like we couldn't afford it. It just it was something that had to go, you know. There's no way around it. And so in like 1995, 1996, this happens, and they come out with this thing called Juno Mail, and J U N O Juno. Yeah. It was free email. It wasn't internet. It was just email. You could send and receive, send and receive email, email and free. that's it. Yeah. Good to go. And so I would get the 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 you get on mailing lists. For these these uh, newsletters that would be emailed to you, and so they'd send you emails, you know, and you'd read them, and they'd be, you know, all the the dirt sheets, you know, the, all the the kayfabe news that you weren't supposed to know about, and you know, you're you're yeah, you know, you're you're fourteen, fifteen years old, and you think, you know, you're oh, I'm the shit, you know, like I know everything that's going on. So here's a funny story: the very first time that I met Steve Dahl, and this was long before he ever trained me, ever knew me like that, okay. Uh, the very first time I ever met Steve Dahl was in 
1997 at the Nashville Fairgrounds for, I think it might have been the Tojo Yamamoto Memorial. Um, I can't remember the name of the card. It was a Burt Prentice show, Music City Wrestling. Yeah. And and Steve's the baby face. And so, you know, they, Burt, the way he would do it is he'd have on two separate areas of the, the fairgrounds. would be babies and then heels. Well, the heels dressing room was just shut off. It was just, just shut off. There's a curtain over there, but that's it. The baby's dressing room would have a gate around it. So all the baby faces could come walk out in that gate right there before the show and shake hands and, you know, kiss babies and smile and everything. And so here I am. I'm like 14. I'm like 15 years old, 16 years old. And I just watched the very first New Jack shoot interview. Okay. So I thought I was the shit. I knew all about wrestling. I knew all about wrestling terminology. I knew about shoots. I knew all this stuff, right? And so here I want to be, you know, I want to be an RF, I want to be a guy like RF Video, you know? I'm like, I'm thinking, this guy's fucking so lucky. He gets to travel all over the world with ECW and film all their shit and do all this stuff and make money and, you know, like, that's what I want to be. Little do I know how much of a piece of shit uh, Rob Feinstein is. He's a piece of shit. Um, little did I know how much of a piece of shit he was at the time, but I wanted to be like that, you know? I wanted to do those things, you know? So here I am with big giant nuts, and I, and I walk up to Steve, and he's standing out there. He's he's baby facing everywhere, and you know, big big smile, and you know, talking to everyone. I, I walk up to him and I shake his hand, you know, and he's he's totally totally nice to me, you know, and 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 I knew who he was from WWF. I remember him as well done, and so I knew who he was, and I thought this, you know, he's the big star and everything. And so I'm like, hey Steve, you know, hey, what could I do to get you to do a shoot interview with me? And he was not. This was not a time when Stevie was comfortable with breaking kayfabe. And, dude, he looked at me. Looked me down. with. I mean, he looks through my soul with his eyes and scared the living shit out of me. I'll never forget him looking at me and me just slowly backing away. <laughs> just walking away from that situation. So years later... When, you know, I meet him and, and he's training me, you know, I tell him that story and he just laughs, you know, and, and slaps me as hard as he possibly could on the back of my head and tell me that, you know, he just at that time, he just, you know, the the boys still weren't ready to let go of or not all of them, um, you know, even though kayfabe had been broken, you know, the boys, they, they still weren't really ready or used to 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 doing that, you know, especially with some teenager kid sure. who's just walking yeah. up to him, you know, thinking he's the shit, you, you know. And right. so I'll never forget that, though. That scared the living shit out of me. <laughs> it just did. And later on, while Steve is, is training me, we would talk about that. And we would talk about what it meant to be a heel. And it's not about, you know, flipping people off and telling them to fuck off or talking shit about their wife. Or He said, you know, sometimes being – if you're really good, if you're really hated, if people really, really fucking hate you. All you got to do is look at them. That's it. You just you just look at them. You stand on that apron. You used to tell me that sometimes Reno would be in the ring working, and Stevie would be on the apron. And he would just turn around and just look at someone. He'd pick someone out of the crowd yeah. and just stare at them and stare at them until they got so fucking mad they they get up with their chair and try to hit them. Never say a word. You never say a never word. Never said a word. Never said a word about it. Just by his That's look. Awesome. Just by his look, you know, and and it's true because I felt it. Yeah. I knew what that look was, it, you know. Right. I I felt that look, and so uh, that was one of the, one of one of my favorite stories of uh, the late great, you know, wonderful human Steve Dahl. Yeah, uh, a wonderful, wonderful man. Um, Whew, first time I met him. Tell, tell, <laughs> yeah, tell. <laughs> yeah, 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 I was. Uh, you know, like I say, back to where I was talking about where I was doing production, you know, with TNA, I thought I was, you know, t- top shit. Like, you know, Johnny Bandana wasn't even born yet. He was fucking <laughs> Johnny Badass, you know, and been in the, you know, it was the old WCW ring. So it had double cross cables underneath. Well, it made those ropes so tight. Uh-huh. Made them very, very tight. And uh, remember, AJ liked them tight. Hey, uh-huh. You know, got these ropes tight, you know. <laughs> and so when I'm tight, so we get them all tight. And uh, I was used to hitting those ropes, you know, and, and there and, and uh, with you know training and stuff uh, on on the, on the Wednesdays. And uh, so then when I when I met you or and I can, you and Steve, it was me Steve Hall, and Steve was Hall, Steve Hall and Steve Dahl. Yeah. It was their school, and then me and my buddy Jeff. We'd come and pick you up. That's what it was. Yeah, you we'd, we'd come and pick me. you up from yeah. your house mm-hmm. uh, in Mount Juliet, your, your parents' house. We'd come, Hermitage. The, Hermitage, yeah. Backyard of mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'd come and pick you up. And 
I'll, I'll never forget because I was thinking like, wow, this dude's skinny as shit. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is this guy? What is he thinking? You oh, baggy clothes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll never forget when I started at the school, you know, Stevie – both Steves, you know, wonderful, wonderful men. You know, Steve Hall, Steve Dahl, two wonderful people who took care of me when I was I was homeless and had no food, had no money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, great, wonderful people. Um, but what, when I first started with them, you know, Steve's when we first met, me and Steve, uh, we met at an Applebee's and he bought me a beer and he gave me an autograph uh, WWF magazine that he was in. And he told me, he said, you know, a long time ago, the whole idea about training wrestlers was to beat the shit out of them so bad they want to leave. Yeah. And if they didn't leave, then we, we let them in. He said, well, I'm not trying to do that. He goes, I, I don't want to – his exact words were, I don't want to break you. I want to make you. I want to make you successful. I want to make you sure that you understand the business and, you know, I want to do right by you. And I'm not gonna. I'm not a Buzz Sawyer. I'm not gonna, you know, take a couple hundred bucks from you and then skip town or anything. And uh, and so I'm like, great. So I'm thinking, oh well, this isn't gonna be quite so bad, you know. Right. And so the very first day at school, Reno shows up to to help out a little bit. And Reno goes, hey, let me show you a move. And I said, what move? And he goes, well, it's called the sugar. And, uh, and and he popped uh, it on shoot. me, dude, and shoot, and yeah. you know he busted both of my blood, the blood vessels in both of my eyes. Reno did uh, this. Yes, I passed out. Uh, <laughs> brown, brown eye hazel eye. Yeah. Blue, blue eye hazel eye. Yeah, good old Reno Riggins. Riggins. Yeah, uh, I passed out right there on the on the mat, you know, and and uh, <laughs> and I may have peed myself a little bit. I'm not sure, you know. I never knew this. He, he just never yeah, told me this. yeah, and and his, the, the, <laughs> we laughed about it. You know, to this day we still laugh about yeah. it. Every time I see him, we laugh about it. But the reason why was you know he wanted to make Maybe sure i knew how to do it yeah, he want yeah he wanted to make sure that it's that easy to do yeah. you know and, and then he taught me how to do it you know and, just and, like that yeah and you know if you get in some shit you know you got to know how to protect yourself Absolutely. you don't know if someone's going to be an asshole or mm-hmm. or you know what they're out to do or Everybody's you know some yeah. yeah some piece of shit indie you know that's yep. got a bunch some of people that know what the fuck they're doing yeah so <laughs> but but yeah so so you come in and and uh your your first your first night in, in class. Oh, um, go ahead and tell us. Yeah, tell I'm everyone. Ashamed, you know what I, mean? <laughs> I really am. Like, I start, you know, I think about things a lot. You know, I've done in my life. It's like really, it's a shame. But you know, I was young, and I believe I was like seventeen then. And uh, I, I, you know, I get in there, and first thing I noticed was the ring. And I was like, you know, this this ring. Like I'm thinking to myself, like I'm going around, I'm running, I'm hitting the ropes a little bit. I'm like, ah. This ring is shit. This ring is nothing. I mean, I'm used to this. You know, the only ring I've ever been in in my right. entire life right. is this old WCW ring that right. their TNAs now using. The NWA TNAs right. now using right. right. And it's like a solid ring. And it's you know, I'm I'm like, well, I'm thinking this is how all rings are supposed to be. Right. And I'm getting in this ring. And I mean, now looking back, it was actually a very good, good ring. A great ring compared very, to what's out there. <laughs> very good, very good ring. But I mean, at the time, so I think I had I had made a, a, a I had you know my big mouth. Uh-huh. And I said, man, these ropes are nothing like TNAs. Uh huh. And I think, like, maybe that caught his attention. Right. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, like I said, my memory's not so good. But uh I'm trying to think, like, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure at that point in time, uh, he had uh, he had said something pretty stern in, in, in my <laughs> direction. I, and I'm trying to remember exactly what it was that he said. He, I can't remember. I, I'll never forget, you said, you know... These these ropes they're not, they're not tight enough. I think I was talking and shit about his ring. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, and, you know? and you're bouncing on the bottom rope. You know, like you're a fucking high spot monkey guy. Oh, you yeah. know, already. You know, like, well, yeah. You know, you, oh, think God. about it. You weigh 120 pounds. Maybe. You're 16 years old. Maybe, yeah. You know, and you're talking about the ring ropes not being tight enough while you're bouncing on the bottom rope, thinking oh, like like you're fucking playing backyard wrestling on the Nintendo. You know, oh, and uh, which just made me sound really old when oh, I said Nintendo. Hurts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here you go. You say you know this the ropes and 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 looking back. At it. You know, you're just you're just you're just saying your observations out loud. You weren't talking shit about his That's ring. Smart, you were just talking. You were just saying what you were thinking. You know, yeah. and so you're saying that, and he looks at you. And he goes, uh, he said, "What he, he said? You can." Oh man, what was it? These ropes aren't fucking tight enough for you. Can you take your your ass back to TNA? I think oh, that's what he God, said. You can man. take your ass back to I TNA. Feel so bad. Like that's how he remembers me. You know? And yeah. I'm like, no, he doesn't remember. You. Jerk off. Like where does this kid come from? You know? Like, <laughs> the disrespect of these kids coming into the business nowadays. That's why whenever whenever Steve Hall announces <clears throat> you, 
He always makes sure to talk about you being from the state penitentiary. <laughs> He's been ribbing you. The rib has been ever since then. Well, I've always heard that. Smart man from the rib, man. That's the rib from the from the get-go. Steve Hall for remembers that, and so he's got to rib you every time that he announces you on your way out to the ring. He does. <laughs> he always says in the state penitentiary, but I always thought that was because I would see him in court a lot. You know, because I would go to court a lot. And well, maybe that's happened, what it is. I, just, I don't know. I just happened to see him in court. Yeah. With his gun and stuff. And... Well, shit, you know, uh, this this was all over the place. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, guys. Like I said, first this, installment, you know. This Johnny was Pandemic all over the place. But, you know, I didn't have a format or anything for this today, honestly, because I just wanted to get it done. Uh, I had actually planned on doing this maybe about two weeks ago with, with somebody else, and things just kind of fell through. So this is just a, a learning experience, a first-time experience. I wanted to get this done and, and put up there. And I wanted everyone who's actually listening to this, who knows? <laughs> there might be one person. You might be the one guy. Whoever you're, is listening to it right now, you might be the one person, and I'm sorry. Uh, but if there's multiple people <laughs> listening to it, you know, hopefully you've gotten a feel for, for who we are um, you know, as people, you know, what, what kind of people we are, what kind of – how it's going to sound, you know, what we're, what we're talking about. I wanted to make sure everyone knew what this podcast was going to kind of be about. Um, and, and the format will change a little bit because, like I said, I want to review uh, classic events. I want to review great times in wrestling, things that we remember. Um, you know, I, I want to I want to do it in a way of the thought process of being, you know, what were the popular tapes that were being traded back in the day? What was what were those tapes that everybody had in their list? When you ask somebody, hey, send me over a list so we can trade. What did they have that everyone else had all the time? Because these were those those were those things that really defined that era, that that time period in wrestling. So uh, the next time that we talk, and I'm going to send you over this footage, Johnny. Um, I'm going to hook you up with either a DVD of it or or whatever. And for all the people that are listening, uh, make sure you follow me on Facebook, uh, Tape Trader's Guide to 90 Pro Wrestling. Hit the like button on there, and I'll be posting links of uh, we're going to do. Um, FMW 1995, um, the Onita retirement match with Hayabusa, which oh, I nice. think uh, you know for that year 1995, um, that that tape was everybody had to have that tape. That was just something that was needed. If you were a tape trader, you couldn't call yourself a tape trader without getting that tape. Um, I really do think that that tape was that important to the community of tape trading. Um, and then maybe if we, if who knows, um, but maybe we'll do something WCW. We'll just talk WCW. Um, WCW. Yeah, I'll get a, a bunch of bullet points ready for WCW, and we'll do FMW, the Onita retirement show, and then we'll just talk WCW 1990. Uh, we'll we'll start in 1990. We'll just talk yeah, 1990 WCW. And uh, talk about the the ridiculousness, the awesomeness, and and, and everything else in between. Um, I want to do a couple plugs, Johnny. Let's plug uh, James Carver, and uh, you can on Podbeam, uh, Podcast Beam. You can look up his podcast. It's Fired Up with James Carver. Um, the Booking the Territories podcast. They, they they actually are a great inspiration of what I want this podcast to be. Check them out. They do a Smoky Mountain Wrestling review show. That is reviewing every episode of Smoky Mountain Wrestling one episode at a time, and it's a fantastic listen. Um, I think uh, uh, John Pollock and Wei Ting, their new venture is post wrestling. Uh, you know, I want all the support in the world to them. Um, you know, make sure you support your local independents out there. Make sure you support pro wrestling. Make sure you support your pro wrestlers. Buy their T-shirts. Uh, buy the DVDs. Uh, you know, help 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 this industry out. You as the fan is the biggest help in the world to professional wrestling. Um, and Johnny, uh, 2018 is here. Today is January 1st, 2018. Um, this is the year of Johnny Bandana, right? This is the this is the return uh, of Johnny Bandana. No more excuses. No more excuses. That's right. Um, you know, you can catch us for sure in uh, in Knoxville for uh, MSWA. In March, on March 2nd, or no, I'm sorry, March 3rd, and then I believe Alabama, we may be there for two nights, uh, the 30th and 31st. So, uh, and then we've got Jason James has the big uh, strawberry yes, yes, strawberry yeah. fest coming up yeah. with uh, 
Jerry Lawler taking on Doug Gilbert in 2018. That's going to be You know, Josephus will be there. Chris Michaels, the very first guy to ever train me. Christ. Chris Michaels, the very first person to teach me how to lock up. Chris Michaels. Um, When I was 16. Uh, who else did they just announce? They just Teddy King. Teddy King. Yeah. Teddy King. Yeah, just, just announced to be at that show. So it's make good, sure you check account. out Pro Wrestling Entertainment on all your social media outlets. Um, don't forget WrestleTopia TV. Check out great, fantastic classic wrestling and uh, current day uh, handheld wrestling. Lots of stuff that I actually shoot from the the commentary table while I'm sitting That's down amazing. doing commentary. I'll I'll, I'll shoot some uh, you know some fan cam footage. Uh, for your enjoyment, all of your enjoyment. <laughs> so, you know, if you bared with us all the way through now, thank you so incredibly. Thank you, thank you. And uh, please check out episode two. I promise <laughs> it'll be better. I promise, I promise, I promise. Please come back and check it out one more time. Uh, if you like this idea of what we're doing, this idea of 90s pro wrestling from a tape trader standpoint, uh, please interact. Please, please, please interact. Give me ideas. Give me uh, ideas of events you'd like us to, to cover, uh, things you'd like us to talk about. Uh, I'm going to have guys, on, you know, special guests on the show. Uh, Hammerjack's going to be a special guest. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Lynn will be a special guest. I'd like to get Tracy Smothers hey, Tracy. To, to give us some stories. After he beats that guy's ass, maybe you <laughs> yeah, bring him in yeah, here and have him yeah, talk about Yeah, make that, sure huh? you're following Tracy Smothers <laughs> on Facebook. Make sure you follow him. Um, you know, but all of our – I like James Carver. I'd like him to come on the show and, and chase Steve. And Francisco and Kiatsu and yes. you know all of our friends and family. Uh, I'd like everyone to have an opportunity and shoot as many of these as, as possible. Um, so please come back for episode two and beyond. Uh, so Johnny, you got anything else you want to talk? Say, man, I just I just like listening to you. Man. you <laughs> all right, so uh, friends, come back. yeah, come back. Works start <laughs> popping off on the next episode for sure. So. Yeah, yeah, come back. Give us another try. Uh, to our friends, neighbors, and loved ones, thank you all so much, and support pro wrestling. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 